Super Snacks for Super Bowl. China worried about wussified beta males. A drug that should be used in the treatment of the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus being met with resistance. Surprise, surprise. And the irony, Amazon in a union vote is fighting against mail-in ballots. Who would have thought? Bold Alpha is presented by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the San Miguel by Gurkha, a medium to full-bodied Nicaraguan puro that delights the senses with notes of white pepper and a sweet honey-like finish. San Miguel by Gurkha. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. And by Davidoff of Geneva. Introducing the new Camacho Nicaragua, forged in fire, harnessing the wild flavors of Nicaragua. Camacho, live loud. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Bold Alpha Alpha Dave, your global five-star general, alpha male-in-chief, front and center from Command Center Alpha in Tampa, Florida, the home of the Super Bowl. I, Sergeant Steve, what number is the Super Bowl? I, I've lost, is it 55? It's 55. Derek Brooks' number here in Tampa. 55. Okay. They, you know what? They've got the LXXVVI. This is LV. I know. Why don't you just make it, put the number to make it easy for everybody? Well, you notice so, for Super Bowl 50, they didn't use the Roman numerals because they didn't want it to be Super Bowl L, meaning loser. Oh, I did not so know they, that. So they actually did special, and it was a gold logo instead of silver, and it was 50. They used the number for that one, but every other one has been a Roman numeral. Well, that's great. I mean, the nice thing is that if you did study Roman numerals, which I do remember in uh, in grade school and in high school, you should be okay. But once you get past like 50, it gets a little complicated with all the I's and the X's and the V's. It gets a little confusing. But Super Bowl 55 is Sunday here in Tampa. And as always, Americans will devour ample amounts of delicacies. It is the second most consumed day of food in the United States of America behind only Thanksgiving. Now, on Thanksgiving, it's pretty much turkey and stuffing. However, on Super Bowl Sunday, Americans are expected to eat 11.5 million pounds of potato chips, 8.5 million pounds of tortilla chips, 140 million pounds of guacamole, Oh, the thought of that, not, not appetizing. Domino's alone expects to sell 12 million slices of pizza. 325 million gallons of brewski will be consumed. And 1.3 billion, or as Carl Sagan would say, 1.3 billion. Or as Bernard Sanders would say, billions and billions, the billionaires and trillionaires that are making all their money off of selling chicken wigs, the poor chickens, that the wigs are being cut off just so people can have snack food on Super Bowl Sunday. It's an outrage. We must protect the chickens. So 1.3 billion chicken wings will be consumed. And once again, and this happens every single year, I look in the newspaper and what do I see? Headline, 
There may be a shortage of chicken wings on Super Bowl Sunday. It seems that every single year we get the same exact newspaper clipping or a story on TV or radio. There's going to be a soup. There's going to be a major shortage of chicken wings. Get your chicken wings early. Prices are going to go up. And that's what it's all about. By saying, oh, there's going to be a major shortage. Cha-ching. The prices go up. I have good friends in the restaurant business that own Buffaloes in Bloomington, Indiana, right uh, on the IU Indiana University, right near the campus there. Very well-known restaurant in Bloomington. And they say every year, right around Super Bowl, you can count on it, the price of chicken wings go up. Is there a shortage? Hell no. They're producing plenty of chicken wings. But they create the artificial shortage by saying, oh, the demand is going to be even bigger this year. So therefore, the price is going to go up. Now, the, according to the Georgia Poultry Federation, they said the, the shortage is amid an increased demand during the ongoing Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus, saying that they're an easy food for restaurants to deliver amid restrictions. So easy to make, easy to deliver, easy for people to pick up. But somehow I don't think that that is responsible for a shortage or the price going up. But they're using that as an excuse. And they also say that the versatility of chicken wings makes them the perfect Super Bowl party food, which leads to even greater demand on Super Bowl Sunday. And who does not love the beloved buffalo chicken wing? Created in 1964, discovered by the late Teresa Bellissimo of Frank and Teresa's Anchor Bar on Main Street in Buffalo on, a, on an evening, late evening one night, her son, I think Dominic was his name. Uh, no, no, actually, Dominic was the father. But uh, uh, the son came in with some friends. They were hungry. The kitchen was closed. But Teresa Bellissimo said, you know, I've got chicken wings. And let me just I'll put them in the fryer and put some hot sauce on them, and I'll bring them out. And lo and behold, in February of 1964, 57 years ago this month, the buffalo chicken wing was Created, was invented, was discovered. Certainly, it's got to be amongst the great scientific discoveries right up there with the polio vaccine. And now, anywhere you go around the world, you can find buffalo chicken wings. Sergeant Steve, you visited the home, the mecca, the shrine of the buffalo chicken wing, Frank and Teresa's Anchor Bar, when we did our Cigar Dave Alpha Male Pleasure Fest many times up there, and uh, you've experienced it firsthand. Absolutely. You can't miss it. I go there every year when we're up there. So that and chefs, I don't, I don't miss either one of those. Can't beat both of those delicacies. There's no doubt about it. But you, once you get within about 50 feet oh. of Frank and Teresa's feet. Anchor Bar, 50 yeah, you feet. can well, about, about 350 feet. You can smell 350. You can smell the aroma of the hot sauce coming out. I mean, it's incredible. Uh, the great chicken wings, and they don't give you like little minuscule pigeon mm, wings. No. They give you big chicken wings. I love when you order them. Like I think we ordered 50 or 100 of them. It comes on a giant platter. Mm-hmm. And uh, their other food is great, too. Their roast beef on weck, their pizza, but their wings, they're absolutely uh, known for. And Ivano Toscani, the longtime owner, passed away a number of years ago, was a great friend of ours, uh, the Cigar Dave show and... We had him on many times during our live uh, broadcasts from Buffalo uh, 
just a wonderful guy, passed away uh, unexpectedly way too soon, but a great American success story. He was an Italian immigrant, started out, I don't know how he got to Buffalo, he started out as a dishwasher, then worked his way up, eventually became manager, and eventually bought the place from the Bellissimo family. And so, Ivano, rest in peace, my friend. He was a wonderful guy, a true gentleman. And uh, But Frank and Teresa's the absolute mecca. And it's amazing. Sergeant Steve, I've been to Honduras, to Nicaragua, the Dominican Republic, and they will have buffalo chicken wings on the menu. I will say, they're not quite as bodacious and meaty as the chicken wings that you get at Frank and Teresa's Anchor Bar, probably anywhere in the United States. They're a little bit different. They do look like pigeon wings. <laughs> but no, the ones at the ones at uh, Anchor Bar are fantastic. Yeah, they are good. There's no doubt about it. And they'll ship those. So if you want them in mm -hmm. time, just go to I think it's AnchorBar.com or just do a a, uh, a web search for Frank and Teresa's Anchor Bar Buffalo, and they will ship anywhere in the nation so super snacks for super bowl sergeant steve what do you have on the agenda i have a feeling something to do with the big green egg yeah i think we're going to do ribs i think we got some ribs i'm either going to do those either saturday or sunday but i think we're going to do those for the game uh we'll make some uh we'll have some appetizers and sides we're making our uh, skyline dip which i don't know if you would enjoy but it's yes, uh, so basically it's spaghetti sauce chili with uh, yeah. cheese on it. Well, right? it's just cream cheese, the skyline dip, cheese, onions, and then you dip okay. crackers or tortilla chips or anything with it, and we love that. So we're going to make that for one of our appetizers, which I know you don't care for that much for that, but... Uh, you know, it's not that I don't that I dislike the skyline chili. I just don't quite get putting chili on top of spaghetti. No, you can put it on top of baked potatoes. That's true. Yeah, you can that's put true. it on, of course, hot dogs for conies and... You know, they That's do all, all of the above. Or you can just have it as chili. You can just have a bowl of it, too. But, but wait a minute. You've had Ted's Salem's hot dogs, the, 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 the char-grilled hot dogs. Yes, yes. Okay. You've got to admit, those are by far better than a coney, a steamed or a boiled coney. Oh, the hot dog itself are better, yes. But I love the chili and the cheese and all oh, that yeah, on no. top of... I mean, you know, no, put the Skyline chili on the Salem's hot dog, that would be fantastic. I think something that would even be better would be an Izzy's potato pancake or an Izzy's pastrami sandwich. However, no Skyline chili on top of either of those. No, no, you don't want Skyline on top of that. That's a whole separate thing. And then, no, then that, you go, then you got to top it off with some ribs from Montgomery Inn. That is true. In fact, I've got the Montgomery Inn rib sauce, which is excellent, a tomato-based sauce. Yep. So when you do your ribs on the smoker, give us your technique for doing ribs. I generally... Most often, we'll use the Rendezvous Rub from Memphis, which I lived in Memphis for a few years. My wife's from there. Um, right. I've got love, the Rendezvous we Rub. We love yep. the Rendezvous. So we'll do the rub. We'll dry, you know, dry, it, uh, you know, dry rub it and cook it for, you know, I usually do about 250. I know our good friend Brady Fisher would always say, you know, 205 or so. 205, I yep. usually put the big green egg about 250, between 250 and 275. It usually fluctuates a little bit there. And depending on how many racks of ribs you have will determine how long. Once it's a couple hours in, then I'll baste it a little bit with some apple juice, maybe mixed with some Jack Daniels uh, in that just to just to moisten it just a little bit. But, you know, we don't put the sauce on it till till it's on the table. That's when you put the sauce on. It's, it's a dry rub rib. We love it. Um, we cook them very we cook them a lot here. Um, that's one of our favorites go to meals. So usually, you know, we'll cook two or three racks of ribs. It'll take eh, about three to four hours generally. Do you wrap your ribs, or nope. do you cook them? No, nope. do not wrap them. Nope. Okay. So, but indirect heat. So they're in. It's in a right. 
a, a pan that holds them up, and then a, you know I've got the uh, the stone in there, so it's it's an indirect heat. It's not direct on the grill, right? On the big green egg, so it comes out tender. Um, it doesn't fall off the bone, which is not how ribs are supposed to be. Um, but it comes off easy as you're biting it and, and pulling it. Um, you know, it, it's they're tender, they're juicy, sweet. And then you add whatever sauce. I like the rendezvous sauce. Sometimes I'll put the, the Montgomery in on. My wife loves corky sauce from Memphis. So we'll get yep. that, and sometimes we'll try some others too. So, Well, would I, now do you use a spare rib, a St. Louis style, or do you use baby back? Usually baby back. Um, but, That's but more we, of the loin meat. Yeah. But we'll, um, we'll try with anything. So depending on, you know, a lot of times we'll go and see which ones look the best. Uh, you know, when you go to the, you know, the butcher shop or wherever you're getting your, your meat at, you know, eh, you know, these spare ribs look you know really good today or the baby backs look really juicy and, and meaty. So, you know, we'll kind of pick whatever ones we like best. Well, I will use same thing. I'll, I'll most of the time I'll do baby backs and I, I did obtain some Danish baby backs, but they're much smaller, mm-hmm. but a little bit of a different technique. But I agree with you on the lower heat. I on my pellet grill. I used to do them at 275 and I found that was a little bit too hot because it keeps the temperature dead nuts on. So I'll do it at 225. Mm-hmm. And what I will do is, and I don't use mustard. I don't slather mustard on it to mm-hmm. put the seasoning on it. What I will do is you can take a little bit of an olive oil spray or a Pam or something like that. I'll just spray it very briefly, and then I'll put my dry rub on there. Now, I make my own dry rub, so mm-hmm. I don't use a lot of salt in there because it'll suck out the moisture, but some nice, large, coarse pepper that I'll use. Yep. You can use a little bit of uh, sugar or molasses. Not crazy, but a number of different ingredients, and I'll, I'll you know spread that on, let it sit for about an hour, and then I will put them on the smoker, on the pellet smoker, shut it, and then after about 45 minutes to an hour when a bark is starting to form, I will then take a mixture of apple juice and water, and I will spray it just to keep it moist, and that goes on for probably about uh, two, two and a half hours. Then I wrap them in butcher paper. Wrap them, and then at that point, if I do want to put some sauce, I put some sauce in a uh, in a, a squeeze bottle, mm-hmm. but I mix it down with some water. I don't want 100% sauce in there, yep. so I'll do a 50-50 blend just to get a little bit of that flavoring in there. I'll wrap the ribs, put them back on, but I keep the the meat side up with the bone side down. Mm-hmm. A lot of pit masters like the other way. I find it gets... Just too, I just don't care for it. And I'll tell you, you got to watch it because in those pellet smokers, it keeps the temperature dead nuts on. It does not take long. I mean, sometimes people say five, six hours. I found that usually by about four hours, they're ready to go. Yep. Yeah. We all, we always think it's going to take longer than it does, and we use the uh, the ThermoWorks. Uh, the the one Colonel Ange talks about. The yeah, the ThermoWorks. Pe- yeah. yeah what know. do you use? What do you try to get to? One sixty. Uh, yeah, usually usually about 155, 160, because um, you know it's going to heat up a little bit even when you pull it out. Um, right, and so. I can do it by feel by lifting it right in the mm-hmm. center. If it if it you know has some nice flex to it, it's ready to come off. Yep. Very good. All right, so you got ribs. I think I've got uh, I've got a package of baby backs that I did not make last week while Cigar Sister was in town. So I may do that this weekend. And I may put on a brisket as well. You know, I found that I I don't do a – you can do it low and slow, 12, 14 hours. Mm-hmm. You can do a high, fast. I do right in the middle where if I keep the temperature right around 250, I can do a brisket in about six hours, and it comes out beautifully. So uh, definitely going to have to fire up the smoker with those pellets. And I'll tell you one thing, Sergeant Steve. You love the the big green egg, and I had a big green egg. 
and I just found that it was just too difficult for me to maintain temperature. But they have an item mm-hmm. now that you can attach to it that actually blows the right amount of air to keep it at a perfect temperature. They do. You were showing that to me. It's about uh, about two hundred fifty bucks, and it uh, I think it connects to your phone, so you actually can control it that way too and uh, monitor the temperature. But yeah, it keeps it you know dead on like like your pellet grill does. So I haven't tried it yet, but you did show that to me. It was about two weeks ago or so. Yep, very, very cool. All right, so you're going to do ribs. I'll probably do ribs, maybe a brisket uh, on the uh, on the pellet smoker as well. So we are going to be ready for Super Bowl Sunday. My prediction, now look, I'm not a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. You know I'm a huge Buffalo Bills fan. Mm-hmm. Even though I live in Tampa, I'm a big Rays fan, big Lightning fan, but I've never gotten into the Buccaneers. Definitely not a Brady fan, especially being in the AFC East along with the Bills for all those years. And I'm mad at the Kansas City Chiefs because I wanted the Bills to be in the Super Bowl. However, I will go with the Chiefs, and I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I will take the Chiefs 38-28. Okay. Your prediction, Sergeant Steve. I am going to take the Buccaneers. Okay. And I, the, the Chiefs have two offensive – there are two offensive tackles are out. They do. They're moving their offensive line around. The right guard is going to the left guard or vice versa. Um, it's going to be a mixed match offensive line. The Buccaneers in Week 12 got a lot of pressure on Mahomes. That was without Vita Vea returning. He is back in that defensive line. I think the Buccaneers will be able to get enough pressure on Mahomes with four guys, with Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, Vita Vea, and Ndamukong Sue, that it's going to cause Patrick Mahomes some problems, and it's going to keep them in the game. And, I, you know, Tom Brady is still Tom Brady, so – I think you win the game in the trenches, and I like the Tampa Bay's defensive and offensive lines better than I like Kansas City's in this game. And so, well, therefore, I'll take the Bucks, and I'll say, I'll say thirty-five to thirty-one. I will say that the Chiefs' receivers are a better matchup against the Bucks' mm-hmm. secondary, who I think is relatively weak. Well, the other one they get Jamal Dean back. The Bucks do. He didn't play against the Chiefs in Week Twelve, and he's the fastest DB that. Tampa has. So that'll help match up in Tariq Hill a little better. And I, I think they're going to guard him a lot differently than they did in the first quarter of that game when he went off for 200 yards in the first quarter. Well, leave it to Andy Reid to come up with a wrinkle mm-hmm. or two offensively. And I think Mahomes, they're going to get that ball out quick. I uh, don't think it's going to be a big running affair for the Chiefs, but when they need it, they have that speed. So we'll see what happens. It should be an interesting uh, game. I'm thrilled that I will not be attending. I'll be able to watch that uh, in the comfort and convenience of the Pleasure Palace. If you think I want to go through that, the parking hassles and the security line and all the other nonsense, wear a mask for four hours outside, no thank you. I shall pass. Now, Interesting. We've always always talked about the wussification of the American male. That American boys, the lads are being wussified, they're being pussified. It is a result of the feminist movement the last 40, 45 years that have gone after men. Men are the cause of all evil. That boys, the time they come out of a mother's womb, they are potential sexual predators. And we know that's nonsense. But this is the narrative that has been portrayed for the last 40, 45 years. Well, I saw an interesting story on BBC. Headline, China promotes education drive to make boys more manly. 
A note from China's education ministry suggested that young Chinese men had become too feminine. Apparently, it's not just an American problem. It's a problem occurring with men and boys, males all across the globe. China's communist government, who we can't stand, has signaled concern that the country's most popular male role models are no longer strong athletic figures like army heroes. The education ministry issued a notice with a title that left no doubt about their ultimate goal. The proposal to prevent the feminization of male adolescents called on schools to fully reform their offerings on phys ed and strengthen their recruitment of teachers. Look, we could say the same thing here. We, we need to prevent the feminization of male adolescents. We do that at Bold Alpha. I've done it for the last 25 years on the Our Brother's Cigar Dave Show and podcast because we have a huge problem. It's a result, number one, of the feminist movement that men have kept women down, which is a load of bullshit. More girls today, more women, more females graduate from college than men. They get more college degrees than men. They graduate in larger numbers with secondary degrees, masters, PhDs, MDs, law degrees, than males. It is a huge issue, and we even see on television. Hollywood has portrayed men to be dumb oafs. I always remembered everybody loves Raymond. Hello, I'm Raymond. I'm a dummy. I give Deborah, my wife, my paycheck. And he was this dumb oaf where Deborah, his wife, was the mature one took care of everything, she balanced the books, wrote the check, did everything, and just Ray was just this dumb oaf. And it happens repeatedly on TV shows that we see beamed into homes across America. And another issue is the fact that we have such a high divorce rate in the United States, and really across the world. But what happens is when you have a, ba a male, a boy, living with his mother, and does not have a male influence, a male role model to teach him proper manners, how to act like a male, how to act like a man, how to be a proper, how to be a, 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 an alpha male. When you see that, you have major issues developing because boys then will only see the female influence. They don't see a male influence. They don't see a man teach them how to shave, a man teach them how to act, how to talk to girls, how to talk to women, how to act. They just don't see it. And so consequently, we've developed, we've created a nation of boys that are nothing more than girls with a male appendage. And it is a huge problem. And now when you start to say, look, we need to have men act like men. Boys need to start acting like men. They need to be alphas. What happens? The feminist movement, Hollywood, everybody starts coming down. Oh, you're trying to keep women down. Nothing could be further from the truth. When you see the Hillary Clintons and the, and the commie, I call her Kamila because she is a communist, Kamila Harris. Oh, it's great. Women, we've broken the glass ceiling. I'm now a vice president. Please, there is no glass ceiling. If a woman wants to be a banker, a lawyer, an accountant, a CEO, whatever her chosen endeavor, there is no glass ceiling. She can become a partner in a business, a partner in a law firm. It is absolute 
nonsense to say that women are being kept down with this glass ceiling. That's a narrative that the liberals, the Democrats, the feminists want to continue running in perpetuity so that they can keep men down. And enough is enough. And there have been studies showing that boys in the classroom are not receiving the same amount of attention and encouragement as girls are from their teachers. And that is unacceptable. Boys are just like, ah, well, boys, they're violent. Boys will be boys. Boys and girls are different. You must treat them differently. Boys are like puppies. They have a lot of energy. Got to get that energy out. Girls are different. But now all of a sudden, they are demonizing boys for being boys. Now, it is part of the Chinese proposal to prevent the feminization of male adolescence. The text advised recruiting retired athletes and people from sporting backgrounds and vigorously developing particular sports like soccer with a view to cultivating students' masculinity. And last May, a delegate of China's top advisory body said that many of China's young males had become, and I quote here, weak, timid, and self-abasing. We see that here in the United States, the exact same thing. And there is a trend among young Chinese males towards feminization that would inevitably endanger the survival and development of the Chinese nation. Well, from that perspective, I hope every damn Chinese male stays wussified and pussified because I want China and the Chinese Communist Party to fail miserably. I have no problem with the Chinese people. They don't want to live under communism. They would love to live in a free society. But the one million communists in China rule the roost. So I'd like to see China fail on that respect. But it's interesting because the overwhelming majority of Chinese people's reaction to the notice that of the proposal to prevent the feminization of male adolescence has been negative. You'd think people would say, hey, great, yeah, that's great. Let's, 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 uh, let's raise boys that become alpha males. Oh, no, 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 no. Hundreds of thousands of Chinese have gone on social media with their anger. One user said, is feminization now a derogatory term? Well, personally, I think it is. Received 200,000 likes. Another person said, boys are also humans. Being emotional, timid, or gentle, these are human characteristics. Please, let's all sing Kumbaya. And another person said, what are men afraid of? Being the same as women? Yeah, we don't want to be the same as women. So what is interesting is this is a worldwide problem. And part of the issue in China, they actually have something, a phenomenon called little fresh meats. They're like very wussified boys that are very small in stature, like these boy bands. It's like the equivalent of boy bands that we had in the United States with, uh, with what you'd see in China. And they are now the role models for boys and boys emulating that feminization type of, uh, of personality and their attitude. But it's a huge problem around the world. My concern is with the United States. And if you have a son, you have a boy, it is your responsibility to make sure they grow up to become alpha males. It is your responsibility to be sure that they don't apologize ever for being a male. They don't ever apologize for being a man. They don't ever apologize for being a take charge, strong, smart, confident alpha male because ultimately that's what dames want 
99% of women, they crave an alpha male. They need an alpha male. They want an alpha male. That's my impression of, uh, what was his name, Jack Nicholson and A Few Good Men. You need me on that wall. You want me on that wall. Who's going to do it? You? But the fact is, women want alpha males. They crave alpha males. They need alpha males. As strong as women may be, they want a stronger male to run the show. They want a strong, confident, in-charge alpha male that says, Honey, we're going here. Pack your bags. This is what we're going to do. That is an absolute fact. So if you have a son, and especially if you are divorced and your son lives with your ex, by all means, you better make sure that your son gets proper male influence. Otherwise, he's going to grow up to be a wussified pussy. Gurkha is known for producing the world's finest cigars. When you look at their blends, you look at their packaging, you look at the bands, everything about Gurkha screams quality. Gurkha has just released a new cigar that is totally about absolute taste and quality, the San Miguel by Gurkha. It's a Nicaraguan Puro, Nicaraguan wrapper, binder, and filler. Perfect, medium to full-bodied balance, loaded with complexity, layers of flavor, including white pepper, a nice natural earth tone, finished with a sweet, honey-like taste. San Miguel by Gurkha. Features 100% Aganorsa leaf, Nicaraguan shade-grown Corojo wrapper, double Nicaraguan binder, Nicaraguan filler. If you're looking for a medium to full-bodied beauty, go no further. Then the new San Miguel by Gurkha. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. All right, we've spoken on the Cigar Dave Show, Cigar Dave Podcast, Bold Alpha, since last April about hydroxychloroquine. In the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus fight against the virus, doctors, medical professionals are in a war. They don't have time to sit and say, well, let's go ahead and let's do 10 different triple-blind, quadruple-blind studies. No. We're in a war, and physicians on the front line have been very creative on finding things that work. When it first started back in February, March, really, it was uncharted territory. But over the last eight months, nine months, the medical profession, the medical community has gotten more learned on how to treat the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus. Now, President Trump suggested hydroxychloroquine. And everybody in the libstream media and all the dams, oh, it's terrible, it's poisoning people, it's terrible. That was total bullshit. Because hydroxychloroquine, when given early, before the viral load explodes on the fifth or sixth day, in combination with zinc, azithromycin, vitamin C, vitamin D3, as well as as uh, possibly a steroid, anti-inflammatory, has shown to be effective, keep people out of the hospitals. Thousands of physicians and medical professionals across the country have been using it successfully. Is there a test right now? Is there a study? Well, actually, there is. There is a study that uh, Dr. Zev Zelenko up in New York has been working on, along with a Yale researcher, and they have looked at 1,300 patients, and so they are consequently, they released it, it is now being peer-reviewed, but the reality is that doctors have been very creative. Now, just because hydroxychloroquine initially was given for malaria, 
it is also being used for people that have other types of issues and medical uh, uh, problems and diseases. Just because a drug is approved for one thing doesn't mean it can't be used for another. And in many cases, there's what they call off-label usage. For example, hydroxychloroquine used for malaria, but it's also used, I think, for rheumatoid arthritis and several other uh, medical indications. That's off-label usage. Well, there's another drug that has been found to be very effective, ivermectin. Ivermectin is a drug that's been around since the late 1970s. It's an antiparasitic drug used to treat millions, hundreds of millions of people all over the world for head lice, skin rashes, parasitic worms, also used by veterinarians to treat dogs, cats, livestock. Been around for a long time, very safe drug. However, the FDA has not approved it in the treatment of the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus. The NIH, National Institute of Health, came out early, I think last March, April, saying, nope, it is not approved for use in the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus. But miraculously, physicians have been trying it, and it's been extremely effective. Two cases in point from uh, my original hometown, western New York, Buffalo, an 80-year-old woman and a 65-year-old woman were both in bad shape. The 80-year-old woman was on a ventilator. I think both were on ventilators, but the 80-year-old woman, I think, had a 20%, 30% chance of making it out of it. The doctors said, probably not going to make it out of it. And the family started doing their research. And this is why you must be your own medical advocate. My father was a surgeon for many years. But the one thing that he always said is that you always must try to find things to treat the patient. You never give up. You never say, well, it's not approved. Maybe we don't do it. Now, you also don't want to harm the patient. However, when you are in a war and somebody has a very low chance of surviving, you throw every damn bullet and piece of ammo you have at the target. And in this case, the target would be the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus. 80-year-old woman goes, is in the hospital, Family says, we would like to have you administer ivermectin. We have read reports from around the world. We have heard positive attributes about the drug. Well, the hospital, the physicians refused. So the family went to court. They ended up getting to New York State Supreme Court, and a judge ordered an emergency order telling the hospital they must give the patient ivermectin. What happens? 80-year-old, within a day, starts to recover and off the ventilator, out of the hospital. Now, when they needed to give her subsequent doses, the hospital didn't want to do it. The family had to go back to court again. And again, the order, judge ordered, you're going to give it to her. Another woman, 65-year-old, same thing. Family had to go to court. Supreme Court judge tells the physicians, tells the hospital, I'm ordering you to give it to her. And she survives. Now, the World Health Organization, of course, you can't believe anything they say, said they're waiting for the results of more studies. And the FDA said, well, it's not approved. We don't know how it's going to work. That, you know, we're urging you to not use it. More scientific study is needed. If it were up to Dr. Phony Fauci and all these other bureaucrats in Washington, who, by the way, never see patients on the front line, they would never approve anything. Ultimately, 
Physicians have found that various treatments work. Who cares what the FDA says? Who cares what the NIH says? Who cares that there's no triple-blind, quadruple study? If you see it work, you don't need a study to tell you, geez, it's working. You have actual evidence. You have empirical evidence staring you in the face. And now, many physicians are starting to prescribe it, including the president of the New York State Medical Society. Now, he says he's only speaking for himself, but he's been using it to treat patients, and it's been very effective. And so my belief is this. Everybody went after President Trump and those people that said, hey, give hydroxychloroquine a try. Ivermectin. People have found it that it, it has worked across the world. Certain physicians don't want to prescribe it, certain hospitals. But when you're in a war, you do what is necessary. You don't have time to do fancy scientific studies. So ultimately, the bottom line, you must be your own medical advocate. Ivermectin, remember that, another medicine, another uh, uh, pharmaceutical that has been effective in waging the battle against the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus. Some cigars just can't be tamed. And that's a good thing when it comes to the Camacho Nicaragua. Forged in fire with full frontal flavor, nice notes of sweetness, spice, oakiness, forged in volcanic soil, rolled perfectly, starting with the Ecuadorian wrapper to the Honduran binder and the Nicaraguan, Honduran, and Dominican fillers. The Camacho Nicaragua is bold, is rich, a nice medium to full-flavored cigar. If you're looking to up your taste, try the Camacho Nicaragua because some things just can't be tamed. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. All right, as we wrap it up, this is from the irony department. Jeff Bezos, who just announced he's stepping down at the end of the year as the CEO of Amazon, and you got to credit him, built an incredible company. He bought the Washington Compost, very liberal rag, very, uh, very enemy of American newspaper, saying, oh, mail-in ballots are fine. There's no security issues with mail-in ballots. We, every state, should allow mail-in balloting. That's what they preach. That's what Bezos preached. No problem whatsoever. Well, we all know fraud out the yin-yang during the just-completed presidential election of November 2020. Well, a group of workers at Amazon's Bessemer, Alabama warehouse filed paperwork in November with the NLRB, the National Labor Relations Board, for an election to decide whether to be represented by the Retail, Wholesale, and Department Stores Union, a very rare step in Amazon since their workers are not unionized. The NLRB earlier this month said the vote would be conducted by mail citing standards set up during the pandemic to keep workers and staffers safe. Well, now, Amazon, Jeff Bezos, they should have no problem, right? Mail-in balloting is fine. It's safe. It's secure. Everybody in America should vote by mail. Not so fast, my fellow alphas. Amazon objected to the NLRB mail-in ballot decision, saying the board had unfairly dismissed the company's argument that the safety of its facility should be considered separately from the surrounding area in the wider state of Alabama where the Wuhan virus positive test rate has been high in the 20% area. 
Amazon proposed holding the election in a heated tent in the facility's parking lot, offered use of software design to enforce social distancing, and Amazon saying that it's subject to mail-in balloting, is subject to fraud, and to all sorts of other shenanigans. Well, isn't it amazing? What's good for the goose apparently isn't good for the gander. When it comes to mail-in balloting, especially when there can be rampant fraud in the country, the Democrats, the Libs, Amazon, Big Tech, they're all for it. The Washington Compost, the Libstream Media, it's all great, it's all fine, it's all safe. However, when it comes to them being involved in a union vote that will be conducted by mail, Amazon and Bezos have a big problem. My, my, is that not revealing? Tells you all you need to know. Whenever people say, oh, everything is safe, always look to them. Remember, it's good for everyone else, but it's never good for them. So now Jeff Bezos and Amazon are getting a very bitter taste of their own disastrous medicine. Now the vote's going to be held by mail. And Amazon is probably going to lose that vote. They'll unionize in Bessemer, Alabama at their Amazon facility. Boo-hoo for Amazon. All right, big game, Super Bowl. Sunday, we gave you our projections. I'm rooting for the Chiefs. Sergeant Steve is picking the Bucks. Wherever you may be watching the game, whomever you may be working or, or whomever you may be rooting for, we hope that you enjoy Super Bowl snacks with great delicacies, great cigars, great libations. Don't forget to subscribe to Bold Alpha. Give us a five-star review. We tell it like it is here at Bold Alpha. And also make sure you follow along our brother podcast, the Cigar Dave Show podcast. And for those of you that want to become cigar connoisseurs, want to enhance your cigar smoking pleasure, Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and join the Cigar Dave Officers Club, where every month you'll get three fantastic cigars shipped to you in a Cigar Dave Officers Club Ziploc pouch. We have cigars that are the latest and greatest from all the various cigar-producing countries, different blends, different tastes. For January, we shipped out the Alec and Bradley Kintsugi brand-new cigar. Our Officers Club members were amongst the first in the world to enjoy those. They should have all received them by now. They went out early this week. Great cigars, true medium-bodied cigar, great taste, lovely notes all the way around. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club. Become an alpha. You're already an, already an alpha, but maybe you're not a cigar connoisseur. Trust me, being a cigar connoisseur goes hand-in-hand hand with being an alpha. It's like cigars and spirits. It's like peanut butter and jelly. It's like turkey and stuffing. They go hand in hand. So $22.95 per month. You get three of the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and make sure that you join. As always, you will hear it straight up here at Bold Alpha. We never sugarcoat anything. It is all about the alpha male lifestyle conversation maneuvers and unabashed commentary. Alpha Dave your global five-star general, alpha male-in-chief. Be sure to catch all of our Bold Alpha, all of our Cigar Dave archives, and this weekend, as you enjoy the game, be sure to live it up. (laughs) 